It's another edition of the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener, and on the line, we have Matt Lachlan and Johnny Hoops McAlevey. Uh, Rutgers <laughs> went to Ann Arbor Thursday night, showed up to play, fought hard in the second half, but they were never really in it and never much of a threat. Um, got close toward the end there, but uh, they lost to a very, very good uh, Michigan team. And Loaded. I'm, but I want to tell you something, though, guys, and, and there should be a stat, and it should be a missed layup stat. I don't see it anywhere. It doesn't exist, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I mean, Rutgers, and especially in the beginning of this game, the, the amount of layups Rutgers misses is astonishing. I mean, I just go nuts when I'm watching them. And at the beginning of this game, I mean, I'm talking like a half a dozen. I mean, point blank, Ron Harper Jr., whoever, Mathis, uh, Geo. I mean, it, it's it's stunning how many, you know, they don't finish well at the basket. I mean, that's just a fact, and that's been going on all season long, and it happened early in this game. Also, another concerning thing is it looked like, you know, they were hitting the mid-range jumpers early. Geo looked hot. McConnell looked hot. And then, you know, they disappeared. Uh, you know, Geo disappeared, ended up having a, you know, I think he went three of 12, but those three, he had three right out of the jump and they had a, you know, they had a small lead at the beginning. And then I got to tell you, Michigan is good. I mean, not only are they, they're quick, but they're big, they're tall. They've got uh, so many weapons. And uh, it, it's interesting because they weren't at the beginning of the year. They weren't ranked in the top 25. I mean, I thought they would take a step back. They uh, they lost, uh, you know, Xavier Simpson, uh, John Teske. Remember, Xavier Simpson was a very good point guard for them. And that yeah. and, and the big man, Teske, you know, was, was just a big body. And they lost he those pesky, that <laughs> but they lost those two guys. And I thought maybe they possibly could take a step back. And maybe a lot of people thought that, but they got the uh, Mike Smith, a Columbia transfer was actually very good. He's running the point very well for them. Mm-hmm. And then um, they just got too many weapons. They got the, uh, that, that, that Franz Wagner guy, Wagner guy, who is just a, he's just a, a killer man. Mo's little brother. Killed yeah, him. exactly. Killed him last night, and um, and then Dickinson, that uh, freshman center who's developing quite well, looks like he's yeah. going to be another uh, Luca Garza, and he's he's yeah. the, their leading scorer, by the way, dropping he's fifteen from a night. The high school. Yeah, so um, they're loaded, Steve. What you're getting at is that they're absolutely loaded at all different yeah. positions, and what what they're, they're doing is they're defending like crazy. I mean, the announcers made a good point of saying. You know what, Rutgers, their calling card is uh, since um, Beeline has been there. It, I'm sorry, not Beeline. Since uh, Steve Peichel has been there, has been their defense, and and they could not do anything to slow Michigan down. And it wasn't just one guy. You ran through about four or five names there: Isaiah Livers, Hunter Dickerson, Franz Wagner, Brooks Smith. I mean, they had guys coming off the bench that were throwing the ball. And so they're deep, and and the beauty of it is, I, I go back to. Bo Schembechler wanted a Michigan man to coach the Michigan team, right? Well, when, <laughs> when John Beeline left, and what was he thinking about? He went to the to uh, to coach Cleveland. the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't even last a full season, and he was an amazing coach there. Took him to the really was, championship yeah. game a few years back. So they they go around, they cast a wide net, and they wind up with Juwan Howard, who had been a you know Fab Five guy, a longtime NBA player, and an assistant. And wow, have things just... He's done a great job. 
frankly. It's amazing. And you see the guy on the sideline. He just looks like somebody that a kid will want to play for. You know how some people just look good in clothes? I mean, he looks cool with the Michigan pullover on or zip up, whatever he's wearing. He's got the pink shoes for the, for the coaches versus cancer. And don't underestimate Phil Martelli sitting on the bench next to him. They brought him in to be sort of like uh, what George Blaney did with, with Jim Calhoun in Connecticut uh, years ago to have sort of that wise old owl on the bench looking over your shoulder to, to run sets and things like that. They've got things running really, really smoothly at Michigan. So losing in Ann Arbor is nothing to uh, nothing that, you know, really so- get into sorrow about, but this is a team that's got final four ability. Uh, what do you think, Matt? No, I agree. Uh, they have all the necessary ingredients. They share the ball. Well, they've got size. They defend well. So there's a lot to like about Michigan. They're clearly the class of the Big Ten. And, you know, for Rutgers, not not unexpected that they lost the game. The shooting woes continue. I think, you know, as we start to focus a little bit on the NCAA tournament, and unless Rutgers falls on its face in its final four games, they will get a bid. It'll be interesting to see how far they can go. Listen, they haven't been there since 1991, so getting there will certainly be an accomplishment. That being said, that lack of shooting is just yes. unbelievable. You're, you are correct, Matt. I mean, that's the thing going forward. Listen, they lost the game 71-64. They did put a, you know, a charge in late and kind of, you know, there's a possibility. I mean, you had Miles Johnson. With, it, it, I think it two. was over. I mean, I didn't see the game. I had a devil's game. But from what I saw in highlights and the conversation on the Big Ten wrap-up show and just reading some yeah. things this morning, it, it – it, you know, it was like they were in it in the first half. But guys, yeah, listen, really and I know where half. you guys are coming from, but as an alum, as a guy who's following this program, I can't just buy into the narrative. They're they're going to Ann Arbor to lose, and that's just a fact. I mean, the, th- the bottom line is if they had, okay, well, let's go back to those layups they missed. Let's go back to not finishing at the basket. Let's not, let's not, let's get back to not putting the ball in the ocean. I mean, these guys, you're right, Matt, you hit it on the nail on the head. The shooting woes are a big concern. Now, what was happening at the beginning of the season? That that was then, this is now. When we were talking about this team being a top 15 team in the country. Okay, and then perhaps we, we were getting ahead of ourselves there. Uh, but that's where they were. And what yeah. were they doing? They were scoring. And you were like, oh, my God, is this a Rutgers team? How dangerous can this team be when they can actually score? And now we're yeah. back to the scrappy defensive team, defense first, and, and then maybe letting offense take care of itself, which is, boy, I mean, that's a big wish because yeah. they, they are not hit, shooting well. And then there's, you know, there's concerns with, again, I, I, like, you know, McConnell and Geo looked like they were set up to have a nice shooting night and just disappeared. I mean, he started, yeah. hit, they were hitting the mid-range jumpers. It looked good. And then, boom, they they, they, they stopped hitting shots. And well, when, you're, when you're two guys combined go six for 22 from the floor, you're not going to win in Ann Arbor. You need those guys clicking on all cylinders. I'm talking about Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. We have to, we have to, you know, start to think now this is becoming um, who he is now. Ron Harper Jr. was yeah. hot at the beginning of the year. And he's now, I don't want to say he's regressed. Maybe he's come know, back come to back the mean, to, as to Matt earth. said, yeah, to the, to the player that he really is. And uh, which is a good thing. Um, I mean, he's still a really good player, but I mean, they were but talking wait a minute, first-team Big Ten. I don't think he's going to be first-team Big Ten any longer. He's falling off. No, I don't that. think so either. But yeah. guys, yeah. wait a minute. He missed like was it nineteen or twenty straight three-point shots? 
and he yeah, broke it last 20. night. He yeah. hit he hit one last night. Again, had a poor shooting night. Guys, all they had to do was sh- hit a few more shots, and they're in this game. I mean, and yeah. they had looks. They had looks. Come on, and, and yes, yeah. Michi- Michigan well, is a good my defensive aunt had team. A beard, she'd be my uncle. Oh no, there's no I mean, question. The there's game. no question. We can play the game. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but okay, look, if, look. If actually, it, actually, I do have an aunt who has Matt. It, Matt, it was seven <laughs> points. Matt, Matt, it was seven. Matt, it was seven points. They lost by seven points last night, not twenty-seven. Okay. The bottom line is, is they hit a few shots. This is a game that they could have won conceivably. You know what I'm saying? That's who they are. You know? So that's what I'm saying. So they're not a good shooting team. So you want them to be a good shooting team, and they're not. Right. So you can say all you want. Oh, if they only made. But But were earlier in the season. The point is, they were earlier in the season. Let me ask you this, just from a philosophy standpoint. Here we got this Hunter Dickinson kid coming in. Okay. He's a freshman. Okay. He's dropping 15 a night. OK, uh, Miles Johnson is at eight or nine a night. I, I don't see a huge difference in their games. He's very good around the basket. Miles Johnson. Why isn't more going through him? Why isn't he, you know, because we, he's an abysmal free throw shooter. And let me tell you, Hunter Dickinson was a top 30 player in America. Everybody wanted this guy. He was a star uh-huh. he was looking at all the big schools. I mean, he he's not just some country bumpkin that, that shows up at seven feet tall. I mean, this guy has pedigree. As I said, he played at DeMatha, one of the top high school programs in the country. He was, he was a guy that, that, you know, was a McDonald's all American or just on the, on the cusp of being that. So the fact that he's killing it right now, I don't think is surprising a lot of people. Um, and, you know, playing for Jawan Howard, kids want to play for him. He's got a top yeah. five recruiting class coming in. I mean, this team, they're, they're primed for really years of success. Plus he's got, two sons who are one is, is better than the next who are, you know, gee, I wonder where they're going to wind up going to school. You know, they're looking at other places, but I wonder if they're going to want to play for dear old dad. But um, yeah, I know that. I mean, Steve, I know they only lost by seven points, but they, they were down 16 most of the second half. And a lot of that is window dressing at the end of the game. They had a, made a couple of threes when, you know, yeah, Michigan had a miles had two, in the game at the end. So miles had two, you know, three point plays and actually made his free throws, man. So, I know. Uh, but you said the thing that you can take take heart in is that they played them really well, almost straight up in the first half. They were down, you know, really only between three and seven points most of the of the first half. They let it sort of get away towards the end and went in down nine. But um, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. They have to score. They have to find ways to uh, to put the ball in the basket because um, defense is their calling card. And last night it sort of let them down against a really good. Uh, Michigan team, but listen, let's just take care of business from here on out. They should be fine, yeah. as Matt said, as far as an NCAA bid. I don't think anybody expected them to go into Michigan, but listen, I'm with you. I want Providence to go into Villanova and not just lose by five. I want to win. I yeah, how do you go? Win. How do you move forward, Johnny? Go into Villanova and saying we can't win this game, and just that's us in this conference moving forward and moving. You know, I mean, it's like for me, it's like okay, you know, let let us figure let's figure this out and, and see yeah. if we actually can win this game. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's it's an automatic. And by the way, Michigan swept them last year. The the only win they had at the rack, uh, the only loss at the rack was Michigan. So you know, listen, getting a little tired of it as a Rutgers fan. You know, this automatic loss to Michigan. That's why. That, that that was a gut wrenching uh, f- field goal miss on that um, yeah. in football, uh, the, yeah. the, you know, and you know it started out all really nice with the uh, with the Kamoka Torre block of uh, that field goal to win the football game, uh, the first game in the Big Ten, 
it, it yeah, was cool. Hey, we're morphing into the RU review. And then no, no, and then it's just turned into like it's just like okay, the automatic loss to Michigan. It's kind of a tough, yeah. uh, you know, tough, uh, tough well, listen, thing to follow. Here's what you do: you come home and you drum Maryland on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, true. Game, get it done. Maryland's playing a little bit better of late. Now is when you yeah, you got to get it two. done. You know, it's a home game. You got that bad taste in your mouth. I'm sure. Harper, it's between his ears. He's all he's, all he's thinking about now is, my God, what happened to my game? You know, what happened to me? I was killing it, and yeah. now I'm not. So, you know, it's starting to get mental with him now. He's just got to come in and see that first one go through the net. And then, uh, you know, if I'm Pico, maybe I run my first set to try and get him an open look. And then, you know, try to get him off the schneid, as they like to say. And, um, you know, you see a couple go through the net. you got to win those Sundays. That, that is a Absolutely. must. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, like uh, McConnell shot 14 times last night. I mean, I don't know if it's if is that the way they want to go through McConnell? Um, He's a good defensive player. I understand that what he brings to them, but I I don't know. I I just with the ball in his hands, I'm I'm just not sure. And, you know, and again, Gio started out hot and then he kind of. It disappeared last night. So mm-hmm. it's just like, where are they going to get the scoring? I mean, it, uh, earlier in the season, it was obviously went through uh, Ron Harper Jr. And Montez Mathis has kind of got to find his game. I don't know what happened there. I mean, he's just, uh, uh, you know, fast breaks and stuff. He, again, he, he's a guy who, who's uh, oftentimes is out of control at the basket. I mean, I, I'll tell you, uh, Jacob Young played really well. I mean, that guy's got that ton of energy. I mean, again, yeah. he, he's, a, he's, he's wild. The thing is, they're wild around the basket. They just are. Um, but they have. He had a ton of energy. He's, you know, he, uh, you know, and he kind of sparked some d- defense for them late and said, "Hey, I'm not quitting." I mean, that's what I yeah. saw in Jacob Young. And also, you know mm-hmm. what I'm seeing also is um, uh, uh, Cliff Omarui. I'm seeing a freak there, man. I'm seeing a guy who's got just a t- just a ton of potential, and yeah. uh, he he showed it. He showed flashes of it last night, man. That guy's an athlete. And he's, he was another guy along with, can, with Dickinson, who was you can a play with the best. Recruit. Dickinson yeah. is getting it done, and and Cliff. I heard a couple more different pronunciations of the last name again, so <laughs> I'm going to just stick with Cliff. Cliff is at this point, he's he's a defensive presence. Offensively, he he really does not have outside of a jump hook and the old dunk shot, as they like to call it. Yeah, he really is offensively challenged, whereas Dickinson has those really nice post moves around yes, the desk. He's yeah. not a great athlete. He can't no, really get off the floor. Just a big body who has done, yeah. big body who has low post moves. He, I don't think he's yeah. going to go out and drop the three like Garza. I don't think he's got that kind of ability. He but He does. He can shoot three. Well, here you go. He, then. He so another one of these guys can that can shoot from everywhere on the damn court and uh, who has great low post moves. And, and um, you know, you know, listen, it's uh, – uh, yeah, you, like you said, he was a high, highly touted recruit, and he's he's their leading scorer, by the way. Um, if you look, he's, he's just gonna, he's just ahead of Liberty. Big, big yeah. ten. He could make yeah. first team. You know, yeah. I was listening to the announcers last night, and um, oh, by the way, Luca Garson went out and dropped thirty again last night. They're saying that he could wind up winning national player of the year, but might not even win Big Ten player of the year because <laughs> of Io DeSumo is having such a yeah. great season. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all comes down, and then. Like what we talked about last week is, is there a place for Garza in the NBA? Dick Vitale was screaming about that last night. I want him. I'll put him on my face. Of course, there's a spot for him in the NBA. Uh, he just goes on and on and on. He's like the Energizer Bunny. But, um, yeah, yeah, coming down the stretch when the individual awards come out and you start to see how many how many teams the Big Ten is going to get in, it's going to be fun these next 
next couple of weeks, it's time to uh, button up your chin strap, getting back to the yeah. review. All right, Matt, how important are these next two games? Maryland Sunday, Indiana Wednesday at the rack. Just absolutely crucial. I mean, this is where they're going to get into the tournament. Um, very important. I don't know if absolutely have to win both games, but they have to split the last four. They're on the roads, Nebraska and Mini. Again, you don't want to come back to where you got to win that game at Minnesota. Kind of want to take care of business at home, no? Oh, of course. And I, I think they will. Mm-hmm. But it won't be easy. Uh, you know, as John mentioned, Maryland's playing a little better. They won their last two. You've got uh, an Indiana team that, you know, Rutgers went tooth and nail with in Bloomington. Now it's a little different at home. So, yeah, you, you've got to take care of business at home. I think they will. Uh, I think two and two is certainly doable. Three and one is possible. Uh, four and zero oh is possible. But yeah. I mean, I, I think you know they drop. They, they can win three games, is what I'm saying of these four for sure. And mm-hmm. then I think you know it's on to Big Ten tournament and on to the NCAA tournament. And you just look for continuation of the good things that Steve Peichel has done. I mean, I understand yeah. your frustration. You've talked about it often. You have family in Michigan, and they love to rub it in. And someday you'd like to be able to return the favor. <laughs> but it's it's a long road. To, and listen, Rutgers hasn't been to the tournament since 1991. Correct. I mean, come on. Years. They're on the verge so listen, of isn't that the goal? They probably would have been there last year, but they should be in this year. I mean, it's. It's a revelation what has happened there. Yes, we, and there's listen, good things on the horizon. Listen, we can talk. You just ab- can't rush the process. We can talk about how competitive they are against the number three team in the country, who looks every bit the number three team in the country, by the way. I mean, that's a good team last night. My goodness. Yeah. But um, it really, the goal here is just to get off the schneid and win, get, get into the tournament. That's really what has to happen here. And then maybe, you know, listen, I mean, as good as the Big Ten is, they can very well go on and win a game or two in the tournament. Um, you know, that that's certainly possible. Uh, and so uh, it, that that's that's the goal. And uh, it's right in front of them going to the uh, going to the rack uh, uh, again, starts, uh, starts Sunday and then, uh, Wednesday well, and that's, you know, the scary thing about the big 10, it's so good is even these teams on the lower half of the big 10 have the capability of beating any other team in the conference, you know? So Maryland is not a walk in the park in Indiana, you know, wants some payback and they're, a, they're a good team too. So, and they're looking to get into the tournament. So there's they, they got a lot to play for. So those are going to be two tough games. Now they're at home. They of course they don't have their the, the fans there. So uh, but uh, you know listen they they uh, uh, they should be able to take gotta care of business and they should yeah. should get it done. Uh, and listen, it Rutgers done. is in a Rutgers is in a good spot. But sure. you bring up a good point, Steve. Like they're only twelve and eight. Mm-hmm. They're eight right. and eight in the conference, and it's a terrific conference. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. You could argue it is the best conference, but Indiana's seven and seven and yeah. twelve and nine overall. Minnesota's yeah. thirteen and nine. You know their record is below five hundred, as is Maryland's in the conference. But there's not much that separates those no. teams. So you're absolutely right. I think Rutgers can win the games that are necessary to win. Get those two wins. Get to five hundred in the conference and what have you. But let me tell you something. If they only go one and three, 13 and 11 is not going to look too good in an overall record and a below yeah. 500 mark in the conference. So, you know, I, I, 
I see all the exuberance that these bracketologists have for Rutgers, like Jerry Palm at CBS has them as a sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Lenardi has them as a seventh seed. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know that. that. I, yeah, I, I'm just curious as to what that's based on. Yes, they play conference. in a good conference. Yeah, I guess it is the conference, John. You're right. So be. they need to show. They need to show. That's what I'm saying. And I think yeah. they will. Right. I think they will. But they they can't screw around. I mean, they right. they can't go out and and lay an egg because the team they're not so much. Michigan can lay an egg and be the yeah. team on talent. Rutgers right now can't. Don't get me wrong. They're good, but they're not that good. That, no, you're right. You know, an off night can doom them. So yes. I don't think they'll have it. But yeah, we'll you see. know, it's up to Pike Win Company to get it. Big, done. big. Don't go one and three the last no, four. You no. don't want to do huge, that. Huge, huge you really homestand. Find yourself in trouble. Yeah, huge homestand. Exactly. Take take care of business at the rack. Well, Seton Hall keeps rolling along. Let's take a break. We'll talk about them. The big insurance companies barrage you with endless commercials, and then have operators on standby, who knows where, ready to push you through the process. At LG Insurance, we'd like to get to know you. Find out what your needs are. Answer all your questions. Earn your trust. No rush here. We'll take all the time you need. And we still have backing from all the big guys. So we'll get you a great rate, too. LG Insurance. Local feel. National backing. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. Hey, let's check in real quick. We promised to do this. And let's just check in real quick on, you know, Mammoth is uh, looking okay. Ten and four. Second place in the uh, MAAC. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the only way they're going to make the tournament is if they win um, win the conference tournament. And and Monmouth certainly looks like they can. I mean, mm-hmm. Sienna's in there. They're always good. Um, uh, but uh, they're in second place in the conference. They got a couple of nice guard. They got some good guard play. Deion Hammond, Maryland kid. Uh, George Pappas is a Jersey City kid. And so uh, they're playing okay. Fairly Dickinson, not so good. I got to stop you there, though, for a second. I got to yes. show a little pride. Yes, George sir. Pappas was born in Jersey City, but he was raised in Plainfield. Oh. And he and my youngest son, Liam, played grammar school basketball oh, together. Right. Okay. And George's dad, Steve, uh, is a terrific guy. He okay. played overseas. Okay. And uh, George, you know, George is a really, really good grammar school player. Okay. And he was a good but not outstanding high school player at Union Catholic. But, you know, he went the prep school route, constantly worked at his game, okay. grew a little bit too. And he's he's developed into a really fine player. And so we're really nice. proud of him, well, Matt, they got him. Uh, at Holy Trinity Grammar School in Westfield. Oh, cool. So they, they have him listed as Jersey City uh, well, on the there. roster. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, okay, great. So, you know, a little bit about him. So yeah, he's, uh, yeah. listen, so, tough as nails, Yep. not afraid to take the last shot. In fact, you know, I, I know some people were outraged. I guess it was last year. They went down to North Carolina. If you remember, yes, you might yes. remember this, this, this incident guys, right? So yeah. King Rice, who was the coach at Monmouth played at Carolina. So he arranges to have a game down there and, they're just beating Monmouth by a wide margin at the end. And, you know, they're just screwing around at the end, Carolina kind of running out the clock. And George steals the ball and runs down and just throws this massive dunk down and basically wow. turns and says, I don't give an F 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Because because he was like, you know what? I'm, we're supposed to run out the clock? No, I ain't running out the clock. Yeah. I don't care. You're, you're kicking our butt. I'm not happy. The heck with this. And look, there was all this politically correct stuff. You know, King Rice had to apologize. And I talked right. to George and everything else. But that is George Pappas, man. Yeah. He I love is it. in your face. He gets up on you, and he's not afraid to take the last shot, and he's right. not afraid to show you how tough he is. So he's a great kid, great family, and, uh, yeah, he's had some nice success at Mama. For Good sure. stuff. Good and, and he, and he was, for me. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? He, he was one of those preferred walk-ons, John, which mm-hmm. meant that, yeah, they were looking at him, but they weren't guaranteeing anything. And then he's worked himself into a scholarship role. So he's, he's, you know, it's, he's averaging it's a little like, bit like yeah. a Shabar Reynolds story, maybe yeah. not as successful, uh, but a really good story. So I'm glad he's, he's, everything he's got, he's earned it. It sounds like a kid who, who has really earned his, uh, his place. Those are the ones you really want to tip your hat to that might not, yeah. you know, have, uh, have everything lined up, but just goes out and gets it. And I love that. He went down yeah. and threw it down and looked over at the camera. Hey, he's averaging up. I, I know if you guys remember, he must have gotten a million hits on that. Oh. It was unbelievable. Wow. As if to say, come get some. Uh-huh. Come get some, and I don't care here at yeah. the Dean Dome. I love I'm, it. I'm here. Yeah, we got our butts kicked. Right. And I'm ticked off. I'm not going to go quietly into the night. Yeah, we're not here <laughs> to kiss your ring. Come and, you know, you... Yeah. Pull on your shorts too. That's great. Good oh, yeah. Look, he's scoring. Yeah, yeah. He's averaging in double figures. Uh, Matt, is is he is he tall? Is he big kid? Yeah, he's like six five. Okay, six six. I mean, he grew in. He was wiry in grammar school. Now, listen, we're going back a long ways, but yeah. uh, Johnny likes to talk about when Kyrie Irving walked into the gym and kicked his butt. So uh, <laughs> that was right. that was that same age level. But yeah. George always worked at his game. Um, you know, and, uh, like he just was, he's always been wiry, not really thick, but he grew, his dad's very tall. Steve's about, I don't know, six, nine, maybe. So he, he kind of grew okay. and that, that certainly helped along with his tenacity and just loves the game. Loves the so goal. it's in the blood. His father was a player, huh? Yeah, he was. Um, he played, I forget Played for one of the public schools in Jersey City, and oh. I don't want to get in trouble by naming the wrong one. You know, if you right. say he played at Snyder and he played at yeah. Dickinson, there's hell to be. Uh, oh, age, right. But... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he played for one of the public schools and then, you know, eventually wound uh, wound his way to Europe playing for a little bit. Beautiful. Here, here's another thing, guys. Uh, you know, uh, James, my son, had a, a tra- track meet at, uh, at Monmouth. And I was at Beach House. I figured, okay, I'll go check it out. And um, I was impressed. And listen, they used to play in a glorified gym, guys. It was kind of the bleachers that they rolled out on the court. You went to West Long Branch. It was just like, it looked like a, a you know, a larger high school gym. And they did a beautiful job. It's called uh, Ocean First Arena now. They got an yeah, indoor really nice. track going around. And it looks right. Have you seen it, John? It looks like a, yeah. it looks like a an arena now. I mean, a small yeah, arena. Really nice. I mean, it holds maybe like eight eight to 10, you know, but it, it's a really, uh, they did a really great job with seats, you the know, campus there is you know. really nice too. Oh, abso- done a nice job. Absolutely. Yes. That's a nice place. I was like, man, I want to watch a basketball game here for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, James is running around the track, uh, but, uh, a beautiful job that they did there. And listen, this is a team that, that can win the conference and can go to the tournament They've obviously they got to do that, but, uh, they're certainly second in, in their conference. And so, uh, they got a chance there. Fairly Dickinson in the NEC, which Monmouth used to be in, uh, not so good. 
Uh, they're not playing well. They're seven and thirteen, and you know, if they're barring in a miracle in the conference, they they won't do anything. They were supposed to be okay, but uh, just uh, just so so this year. But let's get into Seton Hall, and uh, you know, taking care of business. They beat Marquette. That uh, you know, DePaul not a not necessarily a, a a great performance, but did what they had to do. And man, listen, speaking of great performances, Sandro's just doing his thing. I mean, twenty five points. Um, Jared Roden, um, 17 points. So, you know, they, they, they've got the weapons, man. And, and uh, you know, Sandra just playing lights out toward the end of the season, Matt. I mean, he's really, uh, really leading that team. Yeah, he's by far their best player. I was nervous about the DePaul game for a lot of reasons. First off, DePaul is not that good and they're easy to look past, but they've got a couple of individual players that can cause some concerns. And Seton Hall just, to me, was lifeless. Uh, they couldn't hit a shot in the beginning. And DePaul took a lead. And uh, it's the one thing that concerns me about Seton Hall. And it's kind of as it compares to last year, there was just kind of a a joy about them that I don't see this year. Now, uh, you know, I'm not inside what's going on. I don't know whether or not that matters. But and, and listen, when you have a player as exuberant as Miles Powell, who's, you know, the guy who's leading the show, it's easy to follow that lead, but I just don't see that personality that I saw last year. And I was, I was concerned when they fell behind. I said, this is not going to be good. They are not going to be able to hold on, but they were able to pull away a little bit and then hold on at the end, uh, sealing it at the free throw line. So, you know, survive in advance, Um, you know, Seton Hall's NCAA resume needs to be padded a little bit more still, but they're trending the right way for sure. Right. Well, we, we've used the three words um, with Rutgers earlier talking about their home games. For Seton Hall right now, it's all TCB, taking care of business. They've now won four straight, uh, and they've got two now on the road, beginning with Georgetown on Saturday. Um, Georgetown is not good, but they can bite you. They went to Creighton. It's yeah. Creighton out there. So, you know, you want to, again, take care of business. Then they come home for a Butler team that's not very good. So, you know, you don't want to start counting your chickens, but you you put those two together and, and you get yourself up to 15 and eight on the season. And then, you know, you, you finish up with Connecticut, who is surging right now. They just got James Booknight back. He's a first round draft pick, maybe even a lottery pick. He's, he's really good. If you haven't had a chance to see him play, um, they've got all their guys back. A cook, a cook is back up front. So that game is going to be really good to watch. Danny's coming home to play. Uh, his alma mater, uh, and then St. John's is is rising. So that won't be easy uh, to finish up on the road. But these next two, like we said about Rutgers, you want to take care of business at home. Seton Hall's going on the road against two of the weaker sisters in the Big East Conference. You don't want to stub your toe. You'd like to get both of them. You want to at least split um, and then uh, see where you are from there. But, they're again, they're trending up. Sandro's getting it done. Uh, he's getting some help from, from Roden from Shavar and um, they're looking good right now. I would say I would like to be uh, in Kevin Willard's seat right now. Things are, are trending in their direction. And Matt, yeah, they you- pulled themselves up off the deck and, and they've given themselves a chance. And, and I don't want to be down on my alma mater. I think if they finish strong, they should get into the tournament. But like I said, there's just been enough moments like Wednesday's game against DePaul where you kind of go, hmm, there's just, there's just something lacking there. Bryce Aiken hasn't played in the last two. 
Yeah. His knee is bothering him, and uh, they they miss him, not so much because he necessarily completes them. It's just that Jahari Long, who then gets some of those minutes, he's a freshman, and he shows every bit of being a freshman. Yeah, yeah that's the one thing, Matt, that, that we talked about when it first came uh, came to pass when he committed to Seton Hall. I remember you had him on uh, Pirates Talk, and first of all, he's just a, a fine young man, and you, you hear him, and you talks about his, you know, his new stead at, at coming to Seton Hall and his time at, at uh, Harvard. He's a great kid. And when he's on the floor, he's really good. And he was one of the top five, I think, impact transfers that all of the recruiting services had in there. And, and we're really pointing that, you know, hey, listen, Seton Hall is obviously going to miss Miles Powell. But, hey, this kid, Bryce Aiken, is going to help fill that void and unfortunately, for, for one reason or another, mostly injuries, it just has not come to pass. Hopefully, you know, these next few games, maybe he can get some rest. They might not need him to beat the likes of Georgetown and Butler. But, um, boy, if they could have him healthy, then that just kicks them into a whole whole nother notch because it takes a little of the, of the workload off of Shavar, who, you know, is really good at times, but he can't be playing 35 minutes a game. He's not really a 35 minutes a game guy in the Big East anyway. He's getting away, you know, playing really well, but sometimes he gets exposed when he's out there too long. So if they could get him back, uh, get him healthy and, and prop him up for the postseason, then um, then maybe there is a silver lining there. And maybe it wasn't a whole full season full of them, but um, if he can help down the stretch, then that would be icing on the cake. And I think that's what Kevin's trying to do. Um, so what's happened is he has a knee injury that he's rehabbing from when he left Harvard and then he suffers early on the ankle injury. And what Kevin told me is that the ankle injury prevented him from doing the work to rehab the knee. And so (laughs) now that he is back, quote unquote, the knee is not as good as they would like it to be. And so they have to manage his time a little bit. It's a little concerning that he's missed the last two managing his minutes is different from missing two games. But I think that that might be the big picture that Kevin Willard is looking at, which is, okay, not that I can get by. I mean, you know, Marquette was not necessarily going to be a rollover, and DePaul gave them a game. But I think he said, all right, what's the big picture here? Um, Let let me see if I can get a couple of wins here while he doesn't play at all. And then when I need him, he'll be available to me. So, you know, we'll see if that strategy works, but I'm not sure that he has an option, quite frankly. Yeah, because he, he can be a game-changing player. He's really good, and people just haven't really had a chance to see him play unless you watch the Harvard games, and I don't think too many people have. You know, people read all about it, that he was going to be this impact transfer, and a, a lot of places had him, you know, even on the preseason first or second team, all Big East, and it just hasn't come to fruition because he hasn't stayed healthy, but it's in there, and if they can get him on the floor and, and get him somewhat healthy, then um, – you know, that's like adding at the baseball trade deadline, right, Matt? It's like a pitcher for down the stretch. It could be a yeah. big thing for them. No doubt. I'm hoping no doubt. that that's the case. Yeah, I think everybody is uh, because they they will go as far as a guy like Mamu Kalashvili takes them. But the fact of the matter is that they need another weapon there. And I, uh, Aiken gives them that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. They better be a good uh 
road team, Matt, as you said, they are because they're, you know, they're ending four, four games left, three on the road. So, I mean, they're better than Georgetown. They're better than Butler, likely better than St. John's. But again, it's all away from the rock. They got UConn at the rock. That's it. So they got to do this on the road, but you're saying you're not concerned. You're saying they're a good road team. Well, they've been a terrific road team under uh, Kevin Willard, and this year they've been good on the road as well. So they won't be phased by it. But as we said earlier about Rutgers, you know, they're not so good that they can just roll out the basketballs and say we're going to win. Honestly, I don't know that there's anybody in the Big East that can do that this year. I mean, I've been a little disappointed as of late in Villanova. Now, Creighton, on the other hand, is coming on. But nonetheless, it's a competitive league, more so maybe – than it's been in a while. There's not that real top-heavy group of teams. So, no, Seton Hall can't afford just to say, hey, it's Georgetown, we're going to beat you. As John mentioned, Georgetown can surprise you. So uh, let's see what happens on, on the weekend. But certainly yeah, looking you know, good. Go ahead, go on, go John. Know, I was going to say, you know what will be interesting in, in a team that really has taken a hit because of this whole COVID thing with Xavier? I mean, yeah. they were like – had a huge record, like 11-1 and or – uh, ten and two, something like that, and they and they were off for almost a calendar month. And since they've been back, they just have not been the same. And and it'll be interesting to see if Travis Steele can get them, you know, back in action and and ready for uh, for the Big East tournament that'll be coming around. Because you know they were really good early on, and they have a lot of answers. And it just has not uh, it has not looked like the same Musketeers team that was that was doing really well at the beginning of the season. Um, so down the stretch, it'll be interesting to see how they play. Um, you mentioned Villanova. I'm going to be keying in on the game Saturday. They are home for Connecticut. Yeah. As I said, Connecticut is surging now. They got book night back. Um, Joshua Jackson is a guy who's got pro uh, potential. They've got big, long guys. This guy, I don't know if you've seen interesting name, a cook, a cook, a K O K a K O K is his name. And he's about 6'11". He shoots threes. He's about as skinny as a beanpole. Um, he takes it to the rack. He's a defensive presence inside. He was a, another top recruit that, that Danny was able to bring in. They're, they're, they're getting healthy at the right time. And I'm telling you, look out for the Huskies. That should be a really good game on Saturday. Um, and uh, they're on the rise right now. They might be that third best team in the conference right now. Third or fourth team in there with Seton Hall. Uh, as I said, Xavier may have taken a step back. Providence has fallen down the fallen down the steps, and so you know St. John's is moving up. It's it's interesting that the Big East is sort of having a reshuffle as uh, as they head down the stretch, and so it'll be interesting to see where Seton Hall winds up and where some of these other teams that are moving up and moving down go. Yeah, and Seton Hall still has a chance. Uh, I mean, I guess ultimately they have a chance of overtaking both Creighton and Villanova. It's a long shot. But uh, they can definitely overtake Creighton, even though uh, Creighton's kind of on the come a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, Seton Hall sits at ten and five in the conference, and Creighton's just twelve and four. So, and the know, schedule is nice. The schedule really is really nice when you look ahead. Yeah, but <clears throat> head to head would favor Creighton, so it's going to be a bit of a long shot there. But they could finish as high as second. They actually could still win, but that's not likely. You know, I, I would think third place is where they're at, getting ready for the tournament. Yes. By the way, a huge uh, Big Ten matchup, Michigan and Ohio State this weekend. So that's must-see TV for sure. Yes. 
You know, I mean, both teams fun playing time really well. This is, this is when the, where Ab- the rubber meets the road. Is absolutely. Like <laughs> and both Rutgers and Seton Hall sitting nice. They just got to finish, man. It's just that simple. So we're going to see over the next two weeks. It's going to be big. We're obviously going to cover all that. And that'll do it for this week's show. Find us on SoundCloud, on iHeart, on Spotify, on iTunes, on our site, moresportsnow.com. And follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram as well. We want to thank our sponsor, LG Insurance. Steve, Matt, and John will catch you all next week. Bye-bye.